Hello, and welcome to The Yap, the podcast designed by a young artist for young artists. We bring you interviews with professionals in the business, including other young artists, to provide you with helpful information as you pursue a career in opera and to open up dialogue about the important issues our industry faces. I'm your host, Emily Hughes, and on today's show, we bring you the second part of our interview with young artist Jermaine Woodard Jr. and singer and conductor Kaylin Marcel Manson. Kaylin is working to start a new opera company called American Fest with the goal of bringing diverse communities into opera. If you haven't yet heard the first part of the interview, you may want to go back and listen to that first, since we delved more into these singers' backgrounds and the problems Kaylin hopes to address with his company. Now, let's hear the second part, where we'll get into more of the solutions. So just to give people like a real concrete idea of what this looks like, you've, I mean, you've put together a lot of plans and um, sort of structure for a company mm -hmm. like this. And mm -hmm. I feel like, why don't we talk a little bit about that? Because I think it'll be helpful for people to sort of get in their heads, like how this, first of all, how it benefits everybody, how it benefits the artists, as well as the community. Um, but how this actually, I mean, I think it's really brilliant because um, it takes the resources that are there already and puts them like sort of it, it was almost like you have a lot of people sort of doubling roles in a way is like teaching mm -hmm. artists and performers choristers and compromario singers people on the board or the administrative side of things as well as being artists so talk a little bit more about the structure and how that how you envision so i that. mean at least at, at least you know the prototypical structure that i that i envisioned that I, and that I shared with you um, and with the other people who are work, kind of brain trusting with me on this um, on American Fest um, is 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 literally that I mean obviously when you're first obviously when you're building a, 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 a structure of an organization you want decisions to be able to be made efficiently right so you need you do need people to kind of be in directorship positions mm -hmm. but you want there to be checks and balances on that power and on that authority right you, there needs to be and it doesn't even necessarily need to be authority I actually you know one of the things that I it, it, it's it's a coordinated effort right um, the thing that I, I talked about like the three sort of pools which mm -hmm. I think is actually really important. Um, and I think that that's actually what makes it more sustainable, especially in places, the, reg the regions like this and like the, no the non-metropolitan parts of New England or, or places that aren't in major metropolitan areas, right? Because you end up having, and we have we have a we we have a plethora of them here, right? We've got you've got community orchestras, you've got semi-professional things, you've got professional orchestras, but especially in this area right here, you've got the same play of uh, the same you know group of players that actually play in all the professional orchestras around. They play in the Springfield Symphony, they play in the Albany Symphony, they play in the Vermont Symphony. They play. I mean, they're when things are going. They're tr driving all over the map because that's where the professional players do, right? But they're not based in any one spot. And then each one of those organizations has their donor base and their audience base and all these things that they're trying to build. And so you end up having a bunch of people clamoring for the same money. But if you're trying to do opera and professional choral work and symphonic work, why aren't they all just housed in one company? where all of those people can therefore, rather than them going to four different 
part-time jobs. They got one full-time job that then can travel to all of those different places and serve right. those communities. But they have one locus that w they have one sort of company that does symphonic work and does quarter work and does the principal operatic work, and then is there and it doesn't get so big for its britches, britches that it's not nimble. The other side to that is you have, like I said, you have a professional. I, I am a firm believer of it, not just because I'm a conductor, but I believe in it. Like, not everybody wants to be Aida. Not everybody wants to be Tosca. Not everybody wants to be even Susanna. Some of them, some people love being vocal ensemble members. Compromario right here. I love it. You know, I, I'm just saying, some people yeah. love that. I mean, whether it's Compromario, just being a member of a top-notch vocal ensemble. And that is, and that is something that I feel should be honored in a very real way. So if you give people a full-time job to be a full, like work in a, and we have those, I mean, you have Chanticleer and Contus and you know, whatever. Sure. But if there, if there's a full-time vocal ensemble there that has professional singers in it, you could do, they could be the chorus for the opera productions. They can step forward and sing Compromario roles. When they're doing the choral concerts, they don't, you don't have to worry about figuring out how to get ringers in. You don't even have to bring in the principal, the operatic principals half the time to sing solos in that. If you're doing a Mozart thing, or if you're doing Messiah, or any of those things, you could do those with 16 singers and everybody gets an aria mm -hmm. and it would be beautiful right the but the other thing that i love the other thing that i've seen also within this and some i've seen it actually happen more in symphony orchestras than anything else is that these i guess pools is what i referred them to but the these you know cohorts these cores then have the artistic freedom and the support of the organization to do their own projects. So, you know, the, so the symphony orchestra players can do chamber concerts. They can, the, 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 the choristers can do their own recitals. They don't have to wait for somebody. They could do a, a solo vocal recital. They could do some of the smaller music that is only for solo quartet. They can commission people to write other things. Oh, our phone is ringing. That must be my, I bet you it's my mother. Hold <laughs> on. We were just saying like, I just love, I just love this, seeing this in my mind. I just love seeing like all these artists together under one roof, so to speak, able to collaborate together, able to do their own projects. And you have, if you need, you know, you want to do a song cycle with, that has like, you know, like the, the Brahms that has like the solo violin, I think like, you you have you have that violinist right there in the orchestra that's part of this community already and you're all already you know working together those beautiful that be the, the beautiful the beautiful set for 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 Brahms and viola and mezzo you know I'm like mm -hmm. the violist there'd be four or five violists right there you know what I mean and, yeah. and, and 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 again the piece of it is it's supported and that's the other thing that I have to say too it's supported within the larger structure of the whole thing. So you're not, you're not constantly nickeling and diming everything that you're trying to do. It's, it's, you know what I mean? It's, if you know that yeah. you're getting a, if you know you're getting a salary, 
you're getting a salary. You're getting a salary. You're getting benefits if it gets to be that, you know, to that point. And, you know, you're getting salary. You're getting benefits. So why are you worried about nickeling and diming? Like, oh, my God, I've got this. I got that. And, you know, yeah. I've got, oh, you know, it's like, no, this is the project that you've decided. Where do you want to do it? We can figure out if, 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 if we, there are all these venues in this area. Choose one you like. We'll run the groundwork to get it set up for you. And you do your thing. You know, yeah. it's... It sounds like a young artist program for artists who are diversified, who love eclecticism, and are compensated efficiently. Yeah. But it's for... And the thing about it is, but it's for everyone, right? Right. So there'll be, se there'll be seasoned artists in it. And, and, and that's kind of the, the, the other piece to this, too, is that when what I truly, truly envision, which I guess is hard to kind of get into, to dig in a little bit, is that then the other piece of this is because it's in one place, or at least in one region, and the artists live there and work there, then the, the other side of that is that the educators will be involved you know the 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 choristers will the choristers will periodically go to the high schools and work with the choirs there let's just real quick let's uh let's just break down what these three these three pools are cuz we've been talking about them yeah. but i don't think orchestra we... orchestra chorus principal ensemble right and the and the chorus also would sing compromario roles yes correct? And yes. all all pools would be doing education, chamber music, yes. recitals, yep. yeah, et cetera. Master master classes. And they would all blah, be blah, salaried. Blah. Yep. Yeah. That sounds amazing. I know, right? <laughs> like that's literally ironically enough, that is my dream. Cause I know for me, and it, I mean it kind of gives way to what I'm already doing. I, mm -hmm. I'm just I'm a diversified singer going so many different places so much of the time, collecting pay and compensation from a pool of different entities. And you have to keep up with it for the sake of tax purposes. It's like, okay, this- This is very inefficient, right? Exactly. It's very, we spend so much time, we spend so much time looking for, you know, the next little gig, the next little thing, or creating our own projects, which is great. But then it's just you're spending so much energy trying to, to figure out all these little things and how you're going to make it happen, whether it's, you know, the audition process or figuring out, you know, if you're doing a recital yourself, you have to figure out all the venue stuff yourself. You have to figure right. out the pianist yourself. But this is just a way of sort of providing a structure for artists to just focus on their art, which I think is what all of us really, <laughs> I think what all of us really crave. Right. Is just to be able to have the space and the stability um, and the, you know, the benefits and all those things. To, to just do our art and focus on that. Continuity. Well, this is the answer well, and, to that. Well, and the other thing, the other thing that the other thing that I you need this to me. You need you need this the, the thing that is so and, and and trust me, not everything that gets put up there. We've all seen our fair share of regia teatro crap that happens in German theaters. <laughs> okay, and yet. The reason why that happens, though, 
is that they know like it's this idea that the art form and everything that the company puts up and everything that's housed within the structure of that company is a public good meaning that the public we you know that all the public is not going to go see it like we know that but they can if they want to and because the structure is such that there's a continuity to the staffing and there's a continuity to how it's done then innovation is not hard you're not yeah. constantly you're not constantly afraid of doing something that's a little uncomfortable because everyone gets every everyone is constantly doing these things and because everyone's working together consistently you're safer you're safer you can be braver you know the one thing that i the reason why i even called it fest is that you know one of the things that so many of the greats did i mean not just the the what not just the black legends but even somebody like regina freaking resnick who, who's white you know she sang her first lady macbeth at 22. you know grace bumbry sang venus in tannhäuser at bayreuth in what 23 she was 23 and and you know and yeah she had lots of layman and you know they whatever but but they were not seasoned artists then. They right. were not fully formed. I don't even think, you know, Regina Resnick or, you know, Madam Grace would say that they were fully formed at a, as an artist at 22 or 23. Right. They weren't. But they had, like, when you were hired at that point, and you know that you're going to be doing, like, eight to ten leading roles in a year, most of them you've never sung before, the company by hiring you is saying we know you're going to fuck up but that's okay because you're learning you're learning how to be that kind of singer you're learning how to be that kind of artist and what's missing what's so missing even what what and what i call our young artist structure here is that you're not actually like you you still have this weird there's still this weird limbo between when and I'm just going to call it that way. Like people were talking about it in a, in a call in a call that I I've been on, where you know young artists were like you know t like young artists are this and they're learning their craft. I'm like, what other freaking industry are you still considered learning your craft when you have a graduate degree already? Period. <sighs> like yeah, you're you're working. You I mean you are every you're learning all the time, right? But you're working also. Exactly. But you're working like. Yeah. Like these people, most people who are in these young artist programs, especially the prestigious ones, already have master's degrees. They've done the baccalaureate, they've done a master's degree. Some of them had already done a young artist program before that, that they paid for, or they right. didn't pay, but or they didn't pay, but they didn't get paid. And right. then they get into a big one. So it's just like, how much on, I mean, and even in, and in every other industry that makes money, they have what's called on the job training. That's you were getting it. a paycheck. You were collected a paycheck while they train you to do the job. If you were entry level, entry level data entry person, they don't stop paying you to check they hired you for because you aren't good at it yet. That's why they call it entry level. Right. That's real. So if we're trying to make, if we're trying to say we're trying to train the principal singers of the future, then give them a principal fucking role. Right. Let them learn it and let them make some mistakes and pay them. <laughs> and pay them while they do it right because it yeah it's I, now let's talk a little bit about this i think one of the really important things about 
paying people is that it also actually, if, you pay, if you're paying everybody, then it allows people who aren't, oh, like independently wealthy <laughs> to do the do the art form and focus on it and not have to you know try to balance it with another job i know you know so many young artists are just like trying to do to be a singer while also working two to three jobs and mm -hmm. uh, it's really hard to expect somebody yeah to we can raise our hands for that yeah. but like it's hard to expect somebody to to learn that way and to grow as an artist if their constant if their energy is constantly diffused that way so i think mm -hmm. but also i think so often like you mentioned these pay to sing programs right so often those are an important first step in getting your young artist program that maybe does pay something um but that leaves a lot of people out of the picture because not everybody right out of grad school has the money to do that unless usually unless they have support from their family um so I would love for you to speak a little bit more on also like, you know, between the pay and just the community involvement, but how this is going to help bring people into classical music that in the past have been kept out. Well, the, the, a, a big, a big, huge, a huge thing when we're talking about equity and all of this, right? Mm -hmm. a, a big, huge thing is, you know, I mean, and this is the one reason why, you know, in a number of the conversations that I've been in, you know, yes, this would be really great for definitely be really great and a, 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 a big step in equity for artists, you know, BIPOC artists for sure. But it actually helps everyone, period. It helps everyone because the other side of this and this is when you're talking about classical music i mean th th you know when we when we're talk when we're talking about trying to shift this paradigm or sh i mean it's not even just classical music, it's music period performing arts period there's always this idea i mean look, trust me i know i heard it when I was there, like, oh, well, you know, make sure that you have, make sure that you have a, you know, a, 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 a skill so you can work, or maybe you should be a music ed major because you need even, there were so many people I know, there were so many people I know who were talented enough to be performance majors when I was an undergrad that didn't do it because they didn't feel one, they didn't feel that they were talented enough to be a performance major. And they, and, and they were told, oh, be a music ed major because you need something to fall back on. Right. right. Those words. But there were a bunch of people in the performance because see the performance because they have because, you know, it's a university or whatever. And all schools need to fill their quota. They need to have enough of people enrolled in it. But there were people who were performance majors that I was like, you, you sing for real that you call you call you just sang right now. I like you as a person, but this person just sang and I don't know what the hell they just did, but that was not singing. But they're a vocal performance major. I have no idea who told them that. But they, you know, the thing that we need, I mean, and I'm not trying to, you know, throw some like, you know, 20 hindsight 2020 shade or anything, but it's just kind of like, you know, we need to change the narrative about it. Uh, 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 well, it, the way that more people get into this art is if they can see that they actually can make a livelihood for themselves by doing it, right? And and we need to stop. We need to stop this thing. Like we need to stop making. And this is like Americanism in its in in all of its ugly glory. We need to stop venerating people who make a certain pay level. You know, yeah. like we need to like rich don't mean classy. You know, at all. 
and 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 sometimes rich and a lot of money don't mean good either. Mm-hmm. And and so, but but it, so there are people because there are people like we. It's not that there aren't people out there. I mean, and I'm not talking about you know, you know, hustling because we all have to hustle, right? But but there are people out there like me. Like I sit there, I think about it. You know, that's why half the time I just you know sometimes I just keep my trap shut and listen if people are really complaining. Because I'm like, look, I have been making, and it's not that, not that I, vainglorious or anything, like, I know for at least the last 10 years, I've been doing what, I've been supporting myself completely doing music, completely, at least for the last 10 years, if not long in that, last 15, maybe. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, there was some hustle to that, but the hustle was like herding cats and bubbles. It was not like, oh my God, I need to, but right. was but was it you know in a way that brings a whole lot of notoriety to my name? No. Right. Was I was I on the news? No. Was I on PBS? No. I was on BET for thirty for <laughs> thirty seconds. Spot on for Black Music Month. I was on BET for that. <laughs> and I was in the newspaper a couple times, the local newspaper a couple of times, and you know. And I spoke once at, at some conferences and did some, you know, were, you know, in the rarefied academia things, but, but not, but it wasn't like massive, you know, oh my God, you know, gl- guts and glory. Yeah. But I was about the work. And I think that mm-hmm. the more people can see that they can be about the work and, and that they don't, the other thing, and this is, you know, this goes back to something else I was reading that actually didn't have anything really to do with music, but had to do with culture in general. You know, people need to know that, not that you, if you want to move away, if you want to go and see what the rest of the world is like, we should all do that. But people should know that they don't have to leave where they are to actualize themselves. See, we definitely, mm. uh, def- definitely, definitely being a black person, mm-hmm. You know, where, where if your family, especially if your family didn't come from much, there is always this thing about, you know, you need to you need to get yourself educated or you need to have a talent so you can get the fuck up out of here. My story. Because, hmm. because getting out of the hood, getting out of the ghetto, getting out of the getting out of the apartment complex, whatever it is, that is how you that that was your moniker of success. It even matter what you did. As long as you got out, yeah. But what is that? But what? But when we think about that being the messaging that we've been given, what right. does that say about where success lives? If success, if you can't be successful being where you're at, and you don't have examples of people who have stayed, if you don't have examples of the talent that was homegrown that makes a life for itself where it lives, wow. Then you don't have social uplift at all because everyone who lives everyone who lives there who becomes successful leaves yeah it's and it's just still promotes the idea that white communities are somehow better better right or or that's white supremacy or that's the bar like or that that's the bar there so that that's right and so you know to me when you have all these people working in when you build this creative, I call it a nexus. When you build a creative community of professionals that doesn't have this rarefied air about it, 
that actually, like, for instance, when one does, let, you know, let's say this group does the Misa Solemnis, 16 fucking singers, now granted, my... I'm just, I'm going, I'm going to toot my horn a little bit. Shout out to GCC. Back in 2016, <laughs> this, in 2016, right in the, on the hottest day of the year, when the Democrat, when Susan Sarandon was in Vernon Park behind this church doing some DNC, Democratic National <laughs> Convention rally, my group of mean age 62 black folks who are not trained singers, a couple of them were, 28 of them, 28, did the Verity Requiem with a professional orchestra, okay? It is yeah. possible, it is possible, when they, because those people, all they needed was someone to come along, it helped, I think, I mean, they might not say it, but I think it helps that I looked like them and I came from what they came from and they know where I grew up. Yeah. That said, you can do this and I'm gonna work with you so that you can. And it takes a lot of freaking work, but it's possible. And if people can see that that possibility exists where they are, that changes everything when one of their grandsons can sit there and watch me work with the youth orchestra that I directed then and be three years old and say, when I get older, I want to take violin lessons so I can be in Mr. Kalen's orchestra. Yeah. yeah. That is what, that, that can, that has a multiplying effect. And this, yeah. I, but it's that. And, oh, go ahead, Emily. No, please. And I, I mean, and I want to circle back around to um, what I was saying in the very beginning, just being having the luxury of prioritizing mental health, because now being in that space, I recognize that my success doesn't have limitations, and there is no no marker of who I should attain or idolize being. Success can come from the career that I have now, though I aspire mm -hmm. to literally my dream come true is what Kaylin's talking about. And the aspirations that I have is what Emily said, like we want to be fully immersed with like-minded people doing what we love to do, efficiently salaried and compensated what we deserve while producing mm -hmm. magnificent and quite frankly, culture shifting art. It, why, like, why isn't this out there already? I shouldn't have to be jumping from group to group, gig to gig, church to church to church to church. Having four church jobs before the pandemic happened and okay. being in six <laughs> groups and still trying to do opera and then trying to navigate. I mean, it's literally what you said, depleting and diffusing your energy and it being in the wrong space. I mean, not but my question to you, my question to you, but my question to you is, and here's what's interesting. It's, and it's not that, and I'll say doing all that work, like you learn, you, you kind of, I mean, when I was on the road, I'll tell you, I will, I, I, I will not, I mean, there were, there was a ton of shit that happened. <laughs> 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 and I made some very interesting choices, but I won't give, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give up those years for the world because they taught me a lot about myself. Absolutely. But, 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 but. What I will say is when your energy is that diffuse, 
are you really developing the way you could be? What what are you what are you what when you are literally when you are that di- when you are literally running from thing to thing to thing and ain't none of them your thing. Yeah. How are you developing yourself as an individual artist? Right. How are you how are you getting more in touch? with what it is that you really bring to the table. Cause that's the thing, that's the thing that compelled me to step away from the fast track. Right. I realized that, I realized I was doing a whole lot of stuff, a whole lot of stuff and making a whole, and, and, and making money to, to be able to support myself. Literally. But I was not, I didn't have the time to really dig in and be like, well, yeah, I mean, I knew who I was as a person, but what am I about? As an artist, absolutely. What, what, what am I like, like I, I came into those, I came into those rooms with my music learned, with my diction on, on point, on fleek, knowing all of the, especially, I mean, shit, like, I will tell you, like, I was, one of the things, I mean, I love, I have to just, I love, I love Fest because I was the Handelian par excellence, okay? <laughs> I sang so many random, weird-ass handle <laughs> operas that will never get done here, never get done here, unless you're, like, an early, early music person. Right. But, I mean, but I was like, whoop! I'm singing. I'm singing Zorastro in Orlando, and I'm singing mm. and I'm singing Faramondo, and I'm doing this, and and of course this intended just because I was young and and chocolate and had locks was like, <laughs> oh, we're gonna make sure that you ain't wearing a shirt on this too. I was like, you know what? Are you weird me out? But I'm gonna collect this check and go back <laughs> home. You understand? So, you know, I'm just being real, but <laughs> but. <laughs> But I realized that, I mean, I was, I was infinitely prepared, but I didn't have enough time to really think about what is it that Kaylin wants to bring to this? Yeah. I had, I, I was a really good tool. Yes. I was a, I was, I was, I was a scalpel for the directors and the conductors to to do to do musical surgery with yeah it's it's the artistic unfulfillment that i had to come to terms with and recognize for myself and like i was telling emily earlier that's part of the self reassessing how like how what do you want for your career really like let's be realistic about your goals and how you want to get there and when there is no institution set up well, it needs to be built. Well, and what I loved, what I loved about working, like I was just saying, like what I love about, and you know, giving Pan Opera some of these props, right? And you know, and Alan and, and Kate's vision there, you know, what I did love about it again is, you know, you like Emily were were like ready, like you were ready to do these things, and yet one of the one of the reasons why and again you said you alluded to this earlier but one of the reasons why it becomes even you know why it becomes a great experience is because you're working with people you know so it's mm-hmm. like you had already worked with me already you know how alan the hell is you know 
You, you know what I'm saying? Yes. There were other people involved. There were other people involved with the project yet that we hadn't worked with before. Mm -hmm. But there were enough people there who we kind of had, we had built a rapport already that you actually then have a freedom to just sort of, oh, I cracked that note. Oh, that didn't work. Oh, let's do this. Oh, I'm not really comfortable with that, Sam. You know, like, because you knew from being in that room with people who knew you that what you needed, at least to a certain extent, would be supported because we know you and we love you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a mutual respect thing as opposed to like, these are the people, these are the gatekeepers and we're trying, it, like you're saying about being a tool, it's not like, oh, the, they're in charge, but I'm just going to be, you know, I'm just going to try to be the best tool I can because then they're going to hire me back and oh, I better not mess this up because, because then they're not going to want to ever use me again. But like this system promotes you to actually say, this is what I'm going to, I'm about as an artist. And, um, I feel comfortable in this community because we're all working together, trying to make the best possible art and let's have a conversation about this. Let's try to, you know, it's, it's, it makes it, it actually serves the art better. Yes. And so getting, trying to looping back to your question again, one of the things about trying, about promoting artists of color, right? Mm -hmm. There are so many, you know, I think about this in, I mean, not global because it's national, it's American Fest, but I think about this, like, there are so many artists i mean I, I can tell you right now i'm i'm, I'm looking at I'm, I'm looking at two two of two two of them and, and we're not the only ones but i'm looking at two of them on the screen right now who are black classical artists in this area doing things and if you go to black classical conductors in this area mm -mm. one you <laughs> no they're two two they're two okay. they're two dose right now now maybe there's someone hiding out somewhere that i haven't met yet but right now is dose but so how how can we realistically how can if if we're going to say oh we want to if we're in this region or if you're in like somewhere far into West Virginia somewhere and you're like we really want to promote artists of color how are you going to get them there money well and money great opportunities like money stability. but but you have to Community. exactly so you have to actually say to people like, oh, yeah, we want to bring it's, it's but here's the thing. If the artist of color comes there and does a concert or a show and then leaves, you didn't fulfill the mission. Right. To me, you need to, you need them to be there for a while. Mm -hmm. So if people are, if, if you literally hire a black tenor, to be in your company for two for two year fest contract, and he's doing all of these things. He's doing recitals. He's doing leading roles. He's teaching master classes at the schools. He's you know wor working with community partners and stuff like that that whole time, and he's being paid. Then it advances. A, it, it serves the it serves the mission in a completely different way, because you because when you build, I just know from my own experience when you actually have something that holds you there for a while, if you're there for longer than six months, you start considering whether or not it means something to pull put roots down, at least right. for a period of time. And if you're making a salary, you can actually plan things like buying a house and starting a family Bingo. and exactly investing and, and saving and that exactly yeah. and that's what i mean planting seeds back in the that's community that's what i mean about 
about bringing people into the art. It becomes a cycle where what's coming out from the, what's coming out, not just in terms, and, and that's what I mean, it, it actually goes beyond, I mean, the art is what's happening, like the art is the product, if you want to call it that, but it's actually not all about the art. It's about the people making the art. It's about the community right. where it exists. It's about, it's about how, it's about, it's about agency and voice. And, and, though, and that's, and, and, and having something that sees all of those layers in the mission of it, then makes it a much more holistically valuable thing. And, and so I guess that, that's, that's my argument to assert is that, is that, you know, we need to not, it's, it's not about creating more seats at the table. At the end, you're still, it's still, still a table. Yeah. Fuck the table. <laughs> like, why aren't, that's why I said in that article that I wrote, why aren't we, why are we worried about a table? Why aren't we building a restaurant? What, you yeah. understand what I'm saying? Like, why, <laughs> why, everyone was like, oh, we need more people at that table. We need more people in that room. I'm like, why are we still stuck in this one structure? Like, why aren't we building restaurants? Why aren't we building a franchise? Yeah, yeah. that's really where it comes from. Because some That's... people have that mindset, and some people, because of the um, the inexperience, rather, or still trying to understand the societal structure and the systems in place, some of us are just trying to figure out the best way to make it. But then you have visionaries like you that have these seeds, and it kind of—I I, want to touch on that. What? So this doesn't exist in America. So what we're doing right now is planting a really deep seed, which is fucking amazing. But this doesn't exist in America. Does it exist in Europe? Like, well, I mean, it does to to a degree. I mean, like I said, I mean, not. I mean, every every fest house is not the same. But but the simple fact that you know you that that the that the that the system there. I mean, and it's different because again, it can exist differently there because they have. Their government subsidy is ridiculous compared to ours. I mean, we have none, really. And, but the fact that you're able to, I mean, that's one of the reasons why, let's face it, that's one of the reasons why those, the, even in the smaller houses over there right now, they're able to start doing smaller performances. I have friends that have been in, that have been in real rehearsals for over a month. Yeah over a month in real rehearsals. Sounds nice. And <laughs> right? No, but I'm just but but the reason why is because they can have a, four, a, a they can have a theater that seats 1400 and only have 100 people in there because they are subsidized so well that they don't have to necessarily worry about the cost of turning on the lights. Right. Yeah. So, you know, we don't we don't have that here. So, okay, we can't be structured that way as, as completely that way, but the idea that you know, you've got a fet, but the fact that you have a fest ensemble of singers that are based at that theater, and you hire a f you ha and you have your guest artists that come in, but the but the core is the fest ensemble, and then you have your Staatskapelle, your your orchestra that is a municipal orchestra. It's a municipal orchestra, mm -hmm. and then you have your multiple many of them multiple choirs, but you have a municipal choir. And then you've got your Zingver, you've got your Zingverein, which is like the community chorus. I mean, that's the other thing that just, 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 and you know, not to shout out community choruses, but you know, the the big ass shit that we sing right now, 
the stuff that we sing right now, mm-hmm. the big oratorios, they didn't have like, you know, they did, there wasn't this thing, you know, that they don't have this thing like we do here. Yeah. Like we have, we have seraphic fire and, 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 and conspirare and they are freaking awesome. Like yeah. killer, like do, do the damn thing. Mm-hmm. But, the Zingverein is essentially a community chorus. Like, yeah, you need to be able to read music to sing in it like they're auditioned. But the fact is, like, when Mendelssohn revi- when Mendelssohn revived, when Mendelssohn revived the Bach St. Matthew Passion, it was essentially being sung by a bunch of doctors and lawyers. <laughs> I'm in one yeah. of those groups. You know, it wasn't like a bunch of people, you know, and, and, and teachers and stuff. You know, when Elijah was written, it was to, when Elijah was finished, it was to, for the anniversary of the Huddersfield Choral Society. Yeah. And if you have those people These... singing in, you know, singing, singing in a choir and singing in a foreign language, then going to the opera is not going to be like such a big step. I feel like a lot of the communities, you know, a lot of people that have never been to the opera, it's because they just don't, they just think it's not for them. They don't know what, what even, you know, what would that, what would that mean? Would I have to learn, know the opera? Would I have to know the language? So many people just feel like it's just, well, that's not for me because I've never done it. Well, yeah, but if, but if, but if you, but for instance, if you are a kid and, and, and this is what I'm talking about, if you are a young person and you go to see your grandma or your mom. I mean, I, th- mm-hmm. I, see that. I think about this all the time. I think about my, I think about people who are my best friends. And I mean, I'm not assumptive about this, but it's like, imagine if you're the, be- the person that you refer to as uncle or mister is like your mom's best friend, happens to be this world-class conductor, and you see your mom singing and stuff with him and some of the stuff is in foreign languages and whatever but you really enjoy it because it's cool you already see yourself in the art form because your mom's a part of it yeah i mean and your grandma's a part of it and yeah they might not be professionals yeah she might be you know she might be you know the the business manager for a restaurant because that's what she does or whatever she does but but she is a part of the art form, right? She's not just a willing by. She's not just a bystander, and that's not saying that there won't be art, like audiences or that. But I think that we we we've created over time. There's this cultural. There's been this paradigm mm-hmm. of the people who do it and the people who don't. Yeah, that's what Emily and, said. Yeah, you know, and the and and and. It's unfortunate that it goes so deep. Like, it's it's so deep and so layered, it's kind of disgusting. You've got the people who do it and the people who teach it. Yeah. Which doesn't make any sense. No. And it should never have been that way. <laughs> and then wow. you've got the people who do it and the people who don't teach it and just show up, hopefully, like it. Yeah. What? Yeah. And it sounds like, like it's time to merge the two because there is a, there's a like, real way to get collective support here if you involve the community in a real way. But my whole thing is, why is it, why doesn't everyone know they can do it? Ex- yeah. Why right. does, you know, it, it, it's not about whether or not they can or not. Anyone can do this, really. It's a, fa- a, it's, a false it's, it's narrative. Yourself. It's, like you say, it's seeing yourself in it. Well, 
Well, and and it's all a matter of degree, right? It's it's, and I don't mean like degree meaning piece of paper you hang on your wall. Yeah, I know what you're about it's to say. It's 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 to it's it's the level to which you want to go with it. I, I say to I say to my community choirs all the time that you know I don't stand up in front of you because I want you to sound like Claire Claire College Cambridge. I don't want you to sound like the Westminster Choir. Mm. I want you to sound like y'all. Mm-hmm. I'm here to help you be the best y'all that you can be. And I don't want you to sound like them. I want you to sound like you. And so, but, and so what that does though, but when you think about those, like that idea though, is that, I'll just put it out there. That's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, but we need to be saying, and, and this is why I say what, what, what I, what I, some people have actually said this to me too, actually, is that they've said to me that I was maybe the first, like they've actually had directors who go into those spaces. I've, ex- I've actually experienced colleagues where I was on a conducting team with them and they're in these spaces with community singers and they're just like, oh, that's as good as it's gonna get. And they stop. I've been in spaces like that. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Oh yeah, okay, that's good, yeah, okay, that's, you know, they know it ain't hitting like it should be hitting. But they're like, yeah, that's as good as it's gonna get. Okay, good job everybody. Let's move on. Yeah. And and yet, when you, and, and, and you know, hey, but what I think and what I've seen is when they talk about people feeling like they can be a part of this, like that takes a whole lot of work. Like that takes a time and effort investment. Cause let's say like these people could do the guy, a community course, a non-addition community course could do an excellent, an excellent concert of Handel's Messiah, just say. But it's going to take them eight months to learn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Depending on where you are, I mean. No, but I'm just saying. But <clears throat> no, I mean, I'm, but I'm talking about like. I mean, I'm just saying like non-auditioned, non-auditioned. Some of them in there don't read oh, music. Non-auditioned. Some of yeah. them don't non-auditioned. Like I'm talking about. I'm not talking about you know their community courses that are auditioned, which already weeds some people out. Right. But I'm talking about non-auditioned people showing up just because they love to sing or they want to be a part of something. But you're going to have to spend eight months if if you want to do the whole thing. Now, if you want to do like only the Christmas portion, okay, that's like two, two and a half, two two and a half months, two and a half months, and you know, and some of those courses aren't all that hard, right? Right. But but you know, while a yoke is his his yoke is over easy and his toast is made light. You know, like <laughs> that one will kick their butt. But but they could do, they can sing the whole thing, but you're gonna have to work them every week for eight months. But by the time they get to the eight, end of that eight months, they know that crap cold. Yeah. Non-audition. But what I'm saying is th- that's the work to me as someone who chose not to, who has invested in doing that work and lived that, that's the work that the, many of these companies that currently exist, like we're talking about building other companies that will do that work while maintaining this excellence with an artistic core. But a lot of the companies that currently exist 
don't do that work. But they have the resources where they could do that work if they reprioritized it. Right. And that's the and that's what I'm talking about. You know, because those people, those people are the people, especially when I when I look at the people that I, I have the pleasure and honor of working with, they will be the people like I, I, um our 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 productions are our productions are dollar for dollar. They will drive from Keene, New Hampshire to Northampton. Yeah. To see their music director sing a leading role because they feel connected to it. Yep. And they aren't musical aficionados. They were very thankful for the super titles. And people talk about opera. Is opera going to die? Is opera dying? It's not going to die if everyone, if, if you have this kind of community. It'll never die. Right. It needs to be no. reimagined because I heard that in college a lot. And y'all, like, this is the era where opera's going to die. Classical music is not what it used to be. And it's like, well, it can be if we reimagine it, if we contemporize it, if we don't make going to the Met this fashionable statement where you have to be in pearls and furs and in this getup that's it kind of just and people don't even it. and people don't even understand people don't even understand that some of the beacons of the opera thing right like the opera culture because they haven't been there like they don't realize that like the people who actually are carrying the biggest torch for opera in some of these other places are the people that don't show up in pearls like the Lajanisti. Mm-hmm. At La Scala? That's what I was going to say. Go to Europe. Where the salad bar is, (laughs) where they throw it at you. Like, like, those people aren't showing up in suits. That's like, come on. They they go up there like, it is is blood sport. Yeah, it's it's like a sporting event. the high note. I mean, culturally, they they, they look at it all day. And I haven't even been over there, and I know that this is true, that they assess it completely different than Americans do. Well, well, and we, but the thing is, but we, here's the other thing. They, they assess it differently, but, but we do too, but it's, it's just, it's those of us who, but the people who do it, like, we're like, oh, well, you know, she went in there and that was, uh, that was a mess. You know? Oh no, like, I'm not talking about like we, that. No, yes, we no, definitely no, no. We, do that. We do, we do that ourselves, but the people who do that ourselves are the people who are like, oh, we learned a lot about it, and we have a vested interest in it, and we love the standard of this and that. I was the a voice major that I in, add, in school. <laughs> you know, but but the other thing that I want to add to this, and, and and I know that it's you know, I I always I always feel like I have to I, I'm donning like a pseudo flame flame retarded suit when I say it. <laughs> Um, is that I just, I just don't, I don't buy. I just don't, I mean, I'm not saying that it's not important. I actually believe it is important that we diversify the canon and that we tell diverse stories and that we have more black composers and black artists represented on stage. I believe that. I believe that is, I believe that is necessary. I think anyone, I think that anyone thinking that doing that is going to be a silver bullet to diversify the art form if we don't change the structures and how we actually interface with the communities is sell, is selling you magic beans, okay? Period. That's an excellent point. Period. Yeah. Like, 
people are like, oh, we'll get more people in if we tell more, if what, if we tell more black stories? Like, at the end of the day, you're still talking about a cultural institution that they have no social stake in. Hmm. It doesn't matter. Like, you know, there are people right now, like, I'm just saying, you know, yes, Anthony Davis won the Pulitzer. Central Park Five was amazing. Blue did not get to happen because of COVID. But unless people are like talking, unless unless the structure of the industry changes so that these people even know that these stories and these operas are out there, you're still dealing with these things happening in such a rarefied tier of the art form that people aren't gonna see the representation that's happening. Right. You know? So there's, so, you know, that's only like, that's one to me, that's actually the smallest thing that needs to be changed. Cause I feel, I actually think that if you do, if you're going to talk about prioritizing things, I think that if you actually diversify who's involved with the opera, and if you actually engage the community and let them have agency and a voice in what happens, that stuff will happen anyway. The outreach needs to be diversified. Yeah, well, well, and you know, that whole thing, like that, like actually doing the work of seeding and building and sustaining cultural communities, mm-hmm. that cultural communities and investing in them will then yield that. Right. It'll yield more diverse stories. It'll right. yield more diverse artists. Right. Because, pe- you know, because there'll be, because the, because the, the companies and the 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 companies and the communities will be generating them anyway as part of what's happening but to say like we need to like right now since we don't have that let's do a bunch of let's 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 do i mean stephanie Blythe said said this last night on um on karen slack's thing it was wonderful and she said you know what she she's like and she, it was wonderful and it's so true because I, I i see it i see the writing on the wall happening now where she's like you know right now we're going to see a bunch of representation we're going to see a bunch of different things and people are going to do it because it's dairy it's going to become dairy girl mm-hmm. right and it's going to be tokenism yep. it's going to be a, that type of tokenism and it's going to suck <laughs> That's going to suck. She said those very words. It's going to suck. And then after that period, it'll move into this is really important. Mm. People will see that it's really important and that's why we're doing it. And my answer to that is she is so right. If all that happens is that they just do a bunch of diverse pieces without the underpinning of changing how the companies work, how everything, everything that every company does should be vetted, not just by level of artistic excellence, but by social and community impact. It shouldn't just be, it shouldn't just be this, and then we do this because we need to do it because that's what we say we're gonna do they actually have to come together. Artistic excellence and community impact should be inextricably wed to the work that gets done. And the minute we do that, honestly, honestly, we shouldn't, I shouldn't be, I I shouldn't be an anomaly. Yeah. Well, this is, 
Kaylin, this has been a wonderful conversation, and thank you both so much for coming on. And I and I'm sorry that I didn't. Maybe I didn't give enough advice. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. I think because I I think you know. I think for people who are young artists at listening to this, I think it's, um, I think it's a lot of food for thought about just what, because we're going to be the ones who carry this tradition forward, and it's just yeah. a lot of food for thought, and all of us are taking time to think about these things. But it just what what do and we want? You, what do we want this art form to look like in the future? When all of you yeah. and, and every and all young artists, I'll just put this out there as something to wrap up with, but. All, everyone, everyone has gifts. And, 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 only, and only a smidgen of them are actually vocal, mm-hmm. right? And I think that what, what we lose, what we lose and what we have lost, and this is something for young artists and emerging artists to really think about, mm-hmm. is, you know, Ain't no one doing a whole lot of anything right now at all, especially in our country. Yeah. How, how can you pull like things like what like what you're doing with this? What, how American Fest started really? How some of these other things are starting? How can you pull? How can you pull together your cohort in common cause and think about who who you know? You know, mm. if you have, a, if you have, if you if you have, you know, if you if if y'all have a church job, you know, if y'all have a church job and you have internet, y'all could be do you could be doing your own recital series right now, yeah. with things that you want to learn with the pianists you know, you know, you can start making you could start doing things that feed yourselves now and building your tribe of collective minds and creative minds to start seeding your own self-supporting, emotionally and mentally supporting, artistically supporting micro-communities, if you want to call it that, so that when you do start to advance and say to these companies, hey, I'm auditioning for you, whatever, because you want to do that thing if that's what you want to do. You really have a you have a core that you're sitting on. That you know, like, then you stop, then you actually stop looking for the validation of said artistic director. Because you've then built some experience behind. Like, that's the reason I'll tell you, that is the reason why I felt fearless about doing so many things. No. It's because I, w- I, 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 I was a recitalist till the day I died. I killed myself doing that. And I loved every minute of yeah. it, but it's like I killed myself doing it because I sang what the fuck I wanted. No one told me I couldn't sing that shit. They didn't, t- I sang. I sang Wolf. I sang. I sang. Um, what is it? I sang Venturizer before when when my te- when my teacher was like, yeah, maybe you should be a little older. I'm like, it's notes and words, and I already learned, and I already know it already. So I'm singing it. And that, and to wrap that up, that's the power that millennials have. We now have the torch, and like Emily said, this is going to be our future, and we can shape it exactly the way we want it if we start from the top and completely restructure these systems and I'm in it to win it. And and and, and I'm here to support all y'all. So if we need people you. watch Kaylin. this if people if people watch this and mm-hmm. and uh, if people watch this and they have questions or whatever, 
or listen, sorry, <laughs> um, and they have questions for this, uh, you know, I mean, I have a website. Yeah, how can and people? They can hit me up. I was just gonna ask you, like, how can people get in touch with you? How can people get involved in the American Fest? Like, whatever you want to plug, and I can also put it in the show notes. So you know, American Fest. We we I mean, right now because we want we we you know we're keeping everyone's you know ideas and and people safe. Mm-hmm. It's a private group, but people can join. People can ask if they know you. That you can invite mm-hmm. them. Um, you know, to, to it. And that's great. And I'll, of course, add them. Um, they can reach me through, pardon me, <laughs> they can reach me through, they can reach me through uh, my website, uh, kaylamarsomanson.com because um, it's just kaylin at kaylamarsomanson.com is my email. I can put um, that all in and, the show notes too, yeah. And and literally, you know, I guess it's just me. Um, it, it, it actually doesn't take any psychic energy or mental energy to, to answer a question or to field anything. I think both of you know that. You can pretty much, people can, ra- random people, whether it's a, I had a random mother the other day e- I, I ask me, um, is this good for my kid? And I was like, I have no idea who you are, <laughs> but what is your kid singing and blah, 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 and tell me about them and you know what? Try this, this, and this, and see how that works. Period. Yeah. I'm literally Jermaine Woodard Jr. No. on Facebook. Great. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, everyone should follow you guys because you're doing great work. And um, and we should mention that Jermaine had, was it on Dallas Opera's page that you did the, the roundtable discussion? Yeah. That yeah. Dallas Opera Network page on Facebook and Instagram, but I don't have Insta. And the okay. full yeah. episode will be released at some point, but there are four segmented episodes are all on the website. All of the pages, if you click on the artists who were tagged, it's on our website, on our pages on Facebook. And I'm pretty sure it's on the website. And for people who want to learn more about everything surrounding race in this business, that was a really great discussion to listen to. Both of you were involved. Um, so I, yes. I really encourage people to listen to that and hear a lot of diff, really a diverse group of artists from all sorts of backgrounds talking about mm-hmm. a lot of these things. Yeah. Well, thank you, Emily. I know you got to go. Yeah. And I know I need to probably get to make, making dinner because the dogs have been, I, I'm so poised. My dogs have been running around my feet the last like little bit. <laughs> so. Well, this was wonderful. Thank you both so much. Bye, Emily. Bye. Well, that's the show. I hope you enjoyed this interview and found it as eye-opening as I did. If you're enjoying the podcast, please share it with a friend and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Young Artist Podcast and on Twitter at Young Artist Pod. Our theme music is by Nickish and our logo was designed by Rachel Abrams. Next week, we'll interview young coloratura soprano Alina Tamburini about her work specializing both in bel canto and new music. Until then, be well, sing pretty, and I'll see you next time on The Yap.